everyone welcome back to yet another episode of modern saas podcast this is aditya it's been a while i've been on this pod and yag has been managing the show for the last few months or maybe weeks yag you had certain thoughts that you wanted to discuss uh, after a long time good to see you again here on this officially on the podcast what do we have today that you want to talk about yeah amazing thanks for joining it's super fun all going good so one of the things that really excited me is that uh, over the last few weeks you know we have been discussing we have been having our uh, uh, internal meetings also we had this offsite meetup where we spoke about you know taking forward the company with the mindset of building an all in one software and uh, while we have discussed this in the past uh, you know one of the core things that i really enjoyed is understanding the philosophy behind that in the sense like why are we doing that i think that is probably a great place to start yeah and i'll just to give the context to the audience here uh, we had offsites uh, we have teams geographically distributed both in the us and also in india um and a lot of folks who joined in the last um i would say probably two months is where we grew even the most and so all these people obviously when i was i was discussing with them what we do why we do one of these questions was that why are we doing taking this strategy of building this all in one uh, software and so i shared some of the thoughts there and probably that's where yeah you are coming across and my view about this was it's not about what why avoma is doing that it's more about uh, how the new saas company should be building the platform so i was trying to give that context and one of the things that normally the best startup advice that you'll hear that most people would give and sometimes you know i give this advice to other people when i do that is that focus on one particular customer one particular segment one particular use case as a startup when you are startup you need to be focused on that one little thing and do it really really well and that's the best advice most common advice but that's exactly what we did not do and we're not following and this is where it does come in all the time i think about it like the the common wisdom is that solve that one problem really really well and uh, go deep into that use case and every time i think about when i share some of the ideas with the team that this is what now we did to do next it comes across well are we getting distracted or are we getting are we doing too much are we biting too much and then i go back to that it's not about what are we doing i look at it from the customer's lens and this whole philosophy that look at customers workflows and solve those for those workflows so yes investors like to have you doing only one thing your team might be thinking that let me just be the best in this one thing the reality is that your customer is still going through a lot of painful workflows just because you saw that one thing you would go back and you see their world and they still are probably cobbling three or four different things after what they've done and they're still struggling and joining three other four things and doing few things in spreadsheet and every time i go back and watch our customers what they do how they do it what the workflow look like for one particular conversation or maybe some other use cases that other people do and that's when i realized that you know what it doesn't matter the bigger companies have resources that they can hire and do can this plumbing and specifically for the customer that we go after like say the 
small medium businesses, the mid-market customers, they don't have the luxury. They don't have those resources where they can hire dedicated resource only to do the data plug between these multiple tools so that the data from one system flows into other system. Even if that happens, the experience that your end users are getting is still broken. They still have to switch between three, four different tools. And you're still giving a lot of anxiety. You're still giving a lot of these uh, bad experiences to these customers. And so the whole idea that why we do it, there are examples we can get into it. Uh, but I keep telling the team that I get passionate about solving our customers' end-to-end journeys and problems. And every day I wake up, I'm worried about, oh my God, they're still living in the Stone Age in that particular area, which is adjacent to us. So one of the things when I say this all-in-one philosophy, you need to be mindful of not doing completely random stuff. Um, you need to be thoughtful. There is a strategic approach to it as well that you're doing, trying to handle the adjacent use case of your core use case. You might still start with the core use case, um, but the all-in-one philosophy works really, really well. When you look at your customers and what different things that they're currently doing, and you're trying to solve their adjacent problems. So that's kind of where the mindset that solving for the customer is really what it derives or it comes from. Right. You know, that's that's funny that you say this because, you know, even as a marketer, I've always been advised to write for a particular use case. Positioning is always like, hey, who is your target audience? You know, who are you talking to? And if you're solving for everyone, you're solving for no one. And if you look at it from that perspective, what you said might be totally opposite but at the end of the day, you know, we also come back to the point that if everything is connected, you know, are we collaborating across functions? When we speak about moving from a generation of, say, a system of intelligence, a system of records, and then we have a system of, uh, say, communication. And now we layer this collaboration at the end and, and we are like, OK, how, how can we stitch this together? So maybe, you know, it's a good idea to talk about a couple of examples saying that how is starting this from the sense of collaboration or starting this from a sense of all-in-one making a difference versus somebody who is not? So first of all, I would like to correct you a little bit in what you said. You mentioned that from an audience point of view, as a content marketer, you're focusing on one particular audience. I'm not saying that when I'm saying all-in-one yeah. or the solving for the customer, meaning that you solve for multiple audiences. I'm actually, exactly what you're saying is the same thing. I'm saying we focus on one type of customer and maniacally solve their all problems. So when you think about your audience, your audience still might be same and you write content for them. But when you try to understand that they're trying to read that content because they're trying to do something and they need some help, that's why they come and search for some topic and you want to be that content provider who is solving that problem that that person has but that person is also doing few other things that that it's not the only thing that they read the content and the job is done now they're reading that content they're implementing that content to make something actionable um, and solve some problem that they were having and as they do those few next steps maybe they'll start thinking about another problem at that stage Now, what I'm telling you is that, are you thinking about what those next problems that they would be thinking or facing? So can you write the content and can you also tell them that, hey, here is the content I've written. By the way, you're also going to experience these issues in the next few things that you would be doing. So I'm here to also give you this additional (laughs) content. So come back and read again. And now there is a journey of they will have association with your content, not just for this one night stand kind of a thing, but it's a relationship where 
yes, you helped me in one thing. Now you're going to continue to help me. Thank God you were there throughout my journey. That's the mindset. It's loss. It's not about right. let's do it for all users and write for a wide audience. It's actually opposite. You focus on one audience, but have a deep understanding about that audience's workflow. And that's what we do. So even in Avoma, that's the approach we took. We are saying we will focus on certain type of customer and we call it as a knowledge professionals uh, who are doing meetings in corporate setting. And we look at their workflows. We don't go and sell Avoma to students. We don't go and sell Avoma to medical professionals or podcasters also. Podcasters also, right? So the whole idea is that we may not be the best platform for those audiences, but we want to be the best for this one specific audience, which is the corporate knowledge professional. And that's kind of the approach that I would take. Um, but uh, So I'll pause here just to clarify that. Um, and then I know you have second question. I'll get into that, but I'll, I want to give you an opportunity to share it because uh, that's kind of how I think about it. No, love that example that you gave because it, it directly resonates to me in the sense like even after consuming content. In fact, this is something that we have implemented on our website as well, wherein we said, hey, instead of adding all the several social icons, uh, when you talk to people, you understand that they're actually sharing with their team on Slack. So I better understand that workflow and provide that kind of a workflow there and pull together topics and not just uh, live with a regular CMS that shares relevant topics, which might not actually be relevant because it's picking based on categories. So no, I, I totally get where you're coming from. That makes total sense. But let's let's go a little deeper. You know, let's let's talk about, say, how it works from a specific product standpoint. And uh, maybe, you know, a couple of examples might expand the horizon a little bit. So let me actually, it might be self-promotional here, but let, let me take two examples I can think of. Or um, Avoma is obviously one example we are working in that direction and I'll give a little bit of example quickly why we are doing this problem yeah. like solving for a customer so when you think about it we are solving for meetings as an example mm. and obviously meetings people have a lot of different workflows then right. everybody has a different workflow for meetings as well somebody who does external customer facing meetings might have different workflow compared to somebody who is doing internal meeting and each one depends on those meetings in a completely different capacity. So the anxiety level of what, how I run that meeting might also be different. External people or external meetings have obviously higher stake in that meeting. So you want to make sure that you run those meetings more effectively. You capture all the information. You don't get that opportunity to tap on your customer's shoulder and say that, hey, can you repeat what you said last time? Internal meetings have all those problems. Like you, you can be okay, not super prepared. And yes, you waste time and it's inefficient, but it's still accepted now. So when you think about this realities of these people, uh, you have to solve problem from their workflow's point of view. Now let's take an external meeting workflow. In that workflow, typically people are trying to schedule meetings with somebody external. So you use scheduling tools like Calendly or something else. Yeah. Um, then you are trying to meet with them. So you use Zoom and yeah. something else. And then you try to take notes furiously because you don't want to miss anything yeah. what they say. Then obviously you're also now using advanced conversation intelligence yeah. tools to record these calls so that people in the company can also understand what happened in that call. You can go back and refer a few things. Your manager can use that insights to coach you, give you feedback, all of that stuff. Right there, you interact with, with three, four different tools. And that's where we feel that, yes, um, there are people are buying this expensive conversation intelligence tool there's another expensive note-taking tool that saves notes back to your CRM and there's another scheduling tool. 
So from a SaaS management point of view, first of all, as a user, I have to buy three of these different tools. I have to do the license management, contracts, renewal with each one of them indifferently. But not only you as a customer, your prospects, your customers are also getting bad experience. When you share Canonly link, they are interacting one thing. When you share Zoom recording link, they are interacting with another tool. When you share your notes in Google Doc or something else, they are sharing with another tool. So even your buyers or prospects are also not getting consistent experience. And that to me is where I feel like, yes, you want to optimize efficiency of this, your core user, what things that they do throughout the workflow, and can you really optimize those things? Uh, can you give them a better seamless experience? That's what the whole solving for the customer comes in. But the side benefit that people don't realize is that by giving that kind of experience to their customers, even they end up giving an awesome experience to their prospects, their buyers. And that's what we really care about. We want to make sure that these conversations are actionable, but at the same time, they're enjoyable. And that's really what we want to give that time back to our community, our customers. We want to make sure that they enjoy this conversation. And at the end of the day, we want them to remove the anxiety that they have when they're having these important conversations. Um, and by having everything in one tool, they're not worried where did this go? Uh, can I access this later on in this? And that's really what it comes down to. The information is in so many different systems and you're also searching for it all the time. There is one separate tool where you go back and collect the nodes and then that's not the same CRM. And then from there, this is not connected. I mean, your conversation intelligence is not connected to that. Yeah, totally. It's a mess. So that is another obviously problem. The information loss is exactly being uh, into disparate systems. But that's what I said earlier, right? So the big company guys will have resources, the RevOps people or the people who are plumbing different things. They will they will hire these ex, uh, external agencies, consultancies to do the data mapping and all of that. That luxury is not there for small and medium businesses. That luxury is not there for medium enterprises. And they want life to be simple, not to go and figure this all these things out, what data should be going where. And that's exactly where I keep going back that, yes, we might be doing three different things as a company, but don't think about how we are doing, what bucket or what category we are being locked into, what investors are telling to, which bucket you should be locking into. The point of view that we have is that no matter what, we want to solve for our customers' problem. We are not increasing the breadth of our customers. We are manually focused on the small number of customers who will appreciate us, love us, because that we solve their problem end to end. Right, right. No, makes total sense. I love that. And I think, uh, you know, you also had another external example also. Maybe that we can compare that as well and see how this and that is different. So the common example, I, again, there are multiple examples. One of the things I'll talk about is there are companies, when I think about this all-in-one experience that people think, there are three kind of categories I think are there. I call them, first one is visionary. And I'll explain what they mean. So visionary, then there is something called evolutionary. And then there's something lastly called expansionary. And let me explain what I mean by that. Visionary is something who have this vision of building an all-in-one software from the day one. So right from the day one, their messaging, their architecture, their positioning is all about that. They may not have the all-in-one all software from day one, but they're anchoring people that this is what we believe. This is our point of view in the world. Let's work together. You as a customer, start with us with one few things, few use cases, and let's keep building towards but having that mindset is helpful because your underlying engineering architecture, your product decision, you start taking that direction from day one. So your company is aligned with that kind of mindset. That's kind of the one category. Companies here, 
Um, examples are Rippling, uh, Figma, or uh, <clears throat> even ClickUp. Those are the examples that I saw who had this all-in-one philosophy from day one. And including Avoma, we preach that from day one, and that's the approach that we have taken. The second category is what I call evolutionary. These are the companies who started with one specific use cases, saw amazing success, but they are still solving for the customer and they continue to understand that we need to now expand it to this adjacent use case. Now, HubSpot, in my opinion, is a great example. Outreach is another example that I saw who has done this really, really well. So what these companies are doing is that they, HubSpot started with inbound marketing. Early positioning was all about inbound marketing. Within the inbound marketing also, they did bringing a lot of different tools together. They said, oh, we will also do CMS here. We can also do social media platform here where you can post content to social. We will also build analytics. So they took that approach to some extent, but they were at that time was still a marketing automation software. The more and more they started understanding that's not enough. Now they're saying, okay, we will also give you CRM, which will also have sales engagement tools. Okay, now we will also have customer support related tools. Now you expand that. And so they are understanding that the customer journey going from these marketing to sales to customer success is all available in one tool. Outreach is also taking a very similar approach. They started with, obviously, with sales engagement, sending emails as a platform, but they started realizing interesting conversation intelligence is another important category. So they are bringing, building these things in-house. So these companies are, rather than buying external tools or partnering with someone else, they typically go and build some of the core functionality in-house. They do also have a partnership approach, but predominantly these companies, the evolutionary ones, take a route of building in-house and keep growing their product portfolio. The third category is what I call the expansionary. These are the ones uh, who, in my opinion, are just expanding by acquiring new companies. Uh, a classic example comes here, I believe, is a Salesforce. They also, you can say that they also have marketing automation, they also have CRM, they also have support-related tools, but here's the problem. What they've done is they've done this from market expansion point of view, increasing their market capital and the revenue point of view. But they haven't done this for the end customer as well because the end customer's experience is still broken. Because they bought this cobbled together in multiple different companies, the experience the end customer still get is not there seamlessly. Maybe eventually when the integrations happen really, really well, at that point it will happen. But still many years these companies just buy these companies Another great example I've seen was, I think, uh, I think it's Six Sense or something like that. All these companies end up buying a lot of different tools, but there's still no one unified platform where the tools are not being used by the end customer in just one single platform. So that's kind of the differentiation when I see it. So there are these visionaries who, in my opinion, are the best ones. Uh, as a modern SaaS provider, you should have that kind of point of view. You're starting from day one, thinking about your customer, solving for them. The second best is, in my opinion, the evolutionary ones. At least if they didn't start it, they are evolving fast to solve for the customer. The third best, in my opinion, is the expansionary one. So that's kind of those are the examples that are out there. Nice. So, uh, yeah, expansionary sounds more like an afterthought because there is an opportunity and not that, you know, I've thought of their use cases from day one. But so does, does it all sum up to say that, uh, you know, say every other company in the industry should be going towards that direction of say building all-in-one solutions from day one or is there still scope and space for say best of breed solutions look there are multi-billion dollar best of breed companies so if i say that no there is no place for multi-billion uh, or best of breed solutions i would be the stupid person on this <laughs> podcast or out there right so i wouldn't say that the reality is that yes there will be always 
scope and market for the best of the breed solutions. In my opinion, yeah. that market is the enterprise market where there are people right. to manage those best of the breed tools. You can assign an individual person to go and manage that instance and all of that. And they can add resources to club this, have the data integrity between multiple tools and all that. So it depends on which market that you're going after. If you're going after the small and medium businesses or the mid markets of the world, that's where you those people don't have those resources. They want to save cost. They don't want to pay a lot of dollars for the best of the breed and only end up using 30% of the functionality. Um, and you're still, but again, enterprises, it's okay. Small businesses, they can't afford, especially in this economy like this, you'll realize that they don't want to pay more for all these tools. And that's why... Um, I wouldn't say that it's up to you. Again, who is your target market? Uh, what specific use cases that you're going after? So that would derive that do you want to be all on in one or not? And as I said, it's okay to be either. So the best case is you be a visionary and have this align the culture, align the company from day one that that's what we want to do. But if you didn't have that vision, it's still okay to be that evolutionary where you still start with one use case, but you're obsessed with your customers' journeys and workflows. And you keep evolving to solve their problems rather than saying, I'm going to ignore this. I'm going to keep building what I'm doing. And then eventually you just do it because, oh, now that market is growing. So let me acquire a competitor there or a small player there and show the world that I also have that technology. But at the end of the day, your customers are not really getting that uh, seamless experience. So that's kind of how I would think it. Right. So um, in a way, we uh, we covered about, you know, why we look at all-in-one solutions uh, from the perspective of not offering an expansive solution, but understanding what does our customer go through on a daily basis? What does their workflow fundamentally look like? And uh, from that workflow, we also spoke about a couple of examples where we touched upon Avoma as well as HubSpot. And then I, I particularly really loved or something that was really insightful and key takeaway for me was to understand the three different types, you know, evolutionary, visionary, and the expansionary. So if I have to have a key net takeaway from this entire conversation, I would say solving for the customers is more about understanding their end-to-end -end workflow. If, even if it's for just one type of customer, if we understand what they go through end-to-end, then there is always an opportunity for us to expand to solve in different formats. And it is not exactly about building a massive bloated solution per se. You're 100% right. I will also add one insight here that if the audience is thinking, oh, if I want to build all in one, how as a startup I can build a solution and compete with the likes of the the market leaders that we have, if they have all this functionality, uh, you mentioned the bloated solutions, right? The art here is to identify, this is, goes back to the Pareto yeah. principle, that what are the 20% of the things that are most valuable that will deliver the 80% of the outcome or the impact? What you are trying to do is not to build every single feature yeah. and trying to compete with the best of the breed solutions. What you're trying to do is what functionality from that best of the breed is giving the most value to our customers or their customers that they end up using. So you have to do a lot of customer research interviews. You have to talk to those customers they will tell you that they're not using every single builds and results promise was sold by those enterprise customers or those vendors. They will realize that they're only using 20 or 30% core functionality, yeah. and that's what is delivering them the value. Uh, they buy the promise, but they don't end up using everything. Those are the things that you need to prioritize. Ignore the rise. There will be few deals that you will lose just because you don't have that advanced feature here and there, but that's okay. So take the 20% of each function 
and now go and solve their workflow. Now you would come across a completely different solution. Your market, your customers will love you because you're solving the core use cases. Are you solving all the corner cases, edge cases? Probably not. Those will evolve over the period as well as you continue to grow as well. But when you're starting, focus on those 20% use cases from two or three different solutions and solve the end-to-end journey. So now here's what happens in the market. Everyone else still has those best-of-the-breed kind of solutions, and there will be market for that. But there will be enough buyers, there will be enough market who prefers this all-in-one solution and who are extremely happy with the 20% things that you do in the core workflows that they do. And that's kind of the approach I would take. So that's also another key takeaway that, yes, you want to focus on the all-in-one, focus on be maniac about a small set of customers, uh, especially in the SMB and the mid-market world where they care about not switching between multiple tools. They care about not paying extra dollars. They care about simplicity and seamless experience. They care about reducing resources to manage this instead of saving time. So think about that customer. Think Solve for that customer's pain points and then focus on this 20% of the uh, functionality that will deliver the 80% of the value. Yeah, that's I, I absolutely love this final part, especially because you know I've seen a lot of softwares where I probably have used only 30% of those tools uh, and uh, you know we end up paying for what we are not using. And this is where when you understand them, it, it kind of covers end-to-end. And in a way, when I think about it from a buyer standpoint, it's also mm-hmm. you know for me to think that, hey, what is my workflow going to be like? Instead of going by, hey, what's the latest software out there or what is something that everybody else is using? It's more about, hey, does this fit into multiple pockets of my life cycle? Awesome. I think uh, we covered quite a bit in today's episode and uh, this is uh, probably a great opportunity for me also to go back, listen twice and maybe make this even a a blog post because I really, really love the takeaway. Are there any final points that you want to close this with? No, I think it it goes back to to our philosophy of solving for the customer is how we think about it, solving their problems. That's what I wake up and I wish the modern SaaS community take that too hard and really think about it. And again, when I think about as a product, we, we talked about this example. It's not about just building products. This philosophy doesn't apply only for building products. You have seen me giving this feedback to you, even our content-related things where you also talked about. We don't write content yeah. only for that one particular instance. We think about the content as writing a book. Yeah. You start with something, yeah. and then eventually, yes, each chapter will be written on its own independently, but do you have that strategy that this is the journey the book I'm writing, and then you yeah. write those content based on that. So it goes to a lot of those places when you think like this. This philosophy is beyond just building a product, but it's also how do you write content? How do you be helpful even in some of the interactions that you're having? When you have that solving for the customer mindset, rather than salesperson saying, hey, here is what my standard product looks like, say, here is what you have to buy, you can be a lot more consultative, you can understand their needs problems uniquely you help them that you hurt them and then still guide them that this is the part of the functionality that solves that particular problem and to other customers you might say hey here's another functionality in our product that can solve your problem so that to me is the mindset how you live your life uh, not just how you build the product at a startup but i hope that's uh, something that people can take away Yeah, amazing. I think there's definitely a lot for everybody to take away. So um, really, thank you for your time today. And I think this is a good place for us to uh, wrap it. And for all those who are uh, watching us, thank you so much for your time. And we'll connect with you with another topic very soon. And until then, keep supporting us. 
and uh, keep subscribing to us and we consistently love your feedback to learn from you what works what doesn't work and uh, maybe even things that you don't agree with us we would like to learn from you as well so until we see you the next time this is bye from us have a good day and take care bye bye take care